0: In this episode, we interview Matthew Gravelin, writer and RPG developer. Roll the dice. Hey, nerds! Hey. It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop gaming podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of game, Analog gaming. Tabletop news.
1: And and stupid, there will definitely be some bet. That's probably our A best that, that's, stupid, it's our, that's our best feature You are listening to The
0: Geeks of Cascadia podcast This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon This part of the episode Is brought to you by Games Plus From board games To role-playing games To miniatures We have something for the whole family Come to Games Plus In Lake Stevens, Washington Now back to our show Hey Geeks, Blue Samurai here, and I am with... I'm still Paul. And of course, we're your co-hosts of Geeks of Cascadia, episode... 41, uh, maybe? 41. There you go, 41. And I'm going to admit to the entire world that I'm a bad friend. I'm sorry, <laughs> Paul, I should have been here 30 minutes ago, this is gonna and be I short. wasn't. It's going to be short, because <laughs> uh, we've got a great interview today. Um, we got uh, someone that has actually put stuff in the DMs Guild, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And um, yeah, it's something that we talk about, but we never do. <laughs> yeah, for true. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write a thing. Wait, That's right. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's gonna be exciting to talk to him, and of course, we get some con news coming up. And uh, big shout out to our good friend Joe Costasaurus. He will not be part of our podcast, except um, we're gonna try to lure him back on during yes. OrcaCon. Yes. He doesn't know that. Uh, but I'm hoping he'll do that. Yes. He's super busy. He is. It's he's really hard to hook up. Going, to, He's getting his master's degree. Yeah. He's doing all kinds of stuff. So Teaching is important. It is. It is. More important than
1: this. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's way more important than this. So, Paul, what do we got for con news? Con news, well, there's only one convention coming up. Oh? Yes.
0: Okay, do that, tell. That
1: is OrcaCon. The fourth? Ooh. It is the fourth, right? No. It's not. It's the third? No. <laughs> no.
0: It's... uh. January? No, no, the fourth OrcaCon. Oh, the fourth OrcaCon. Fourth Orca. Okay, yeah. I'm yes. sorry. I mean, it's you confused me. I thought you had the fourth <laughs> day in January. No, yes, it's
1: January. I think it's the it 11th, is the fourth 12th, one. and 13th. Yes, in Bellevue at the Hilton. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be fantastic. Um, get your passes now. Those are cutting off near the end of the month here, December. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna uh, 86 the room rates. So get your rooms booked. That's super important if you want to get the special discount for OrcaCon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lots of really cool stuff going on. Tons of food trucks. Way more than last.
0: Oh yeah, and there's more coming from what I'm hearing. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get more. We're gonna have breakfast food trucks, mm-hmm. lunch food
1: trucks, dinner food trucks. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, but once again, we're gonna have play to win, hosted by by um, Double Exposure Envoy. Yep. It's gonna be fantastic. And one of the cool things I found out at our most recent meeting is they, um, they mm-hmm. redid how they run the bar and restaurant at the Bellevue mm-hmm. Hilton. Um, they've redone the menu so it's it's bigger and more diverse. They've got gluten-free and veg options clearly marked. Cool, cool. Um, So that's
0: great. And Boards Alive will be there, by the way. I approved uh, their passes. All right. Yeah. Hooray,
1: Boards Alive. Yay. They are totally fun. I enjoy hanging out with them. Um, we've got lots of great industry guests, like um, guests of honor include Catherine Cross. Mm-hmm. She is a contributing columnist to um, um, Game of Sutra. We've got Jeremy Crawford. He is, the, of course, the um, leads rules developer of Dungeons & Dragons at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Liz Cortz, um, an avid gamer, almost 30 years. Liz has worked over on over 70 different RPG products and also helped, helped organize the first unofficial PaizoCon. Very cool. And many others. Cool. cool. Very excited for RokuCon. I cannot wait.
0: Um, unfortunately, though, when we go, we usually just work. We usually just work. Yes. Right. We don't get to really enjoy too much of it. <laughs> but we're going to try to carve out some time. We're going to have to play some games. Yes, we want to play Skull again. That'd be kind of fun. I love Skull. What's that game where we were... Um I mean, we weren't in the same game, but we each played it. Like, you played a role. Like, one was the king, and the other was the jester or something. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I don't remember anything of that game. Ah, man, I can't the believe I it. The assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't I remember that? I never that? remember that. We suck. That's not Vegas. we're doing a podcast about <laughs> tabletop games. I uh, can't right? even remember that. We play Jeez. so many games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, let's uh, go into... You want to go in the interview? Well, first, um, okay. because we're yes. not going to have an outro for this. Oh, well... We will, kind of. We'll just work it in.
1: Yes, but I want to make sure that we point out okay. that a, but one of my really close friends was on Dragon Talk. Oh, who was that? With, uh, with my friend Steve Hobbs. Oh. Blue Samurai. That's me. Yes, this guy over here, he was mm-hmm. on Dragon Talk with um, with um, Greg and Shelley. Mm-hmm. It was a very cool interview. Catch it on Twitch, or if you don't like the video stuff. Go ahead and mm-hmm. listen to the podcast, which is probably coming out shortly after this one.
0: Yes, that is true. In fact, we can uh, put a link maybe to the Twitch, maybe right here. Maybe.
1: maybe something maybe, like that. Maybe. We'll, maybe. Try. we'll try. The guy who does that will try very hard. Yes, to
0: that if done. anything, I'll try to put the link into our uh, our notes Yes. so that you can click on it and see my beautiful face. Cause so beautiful. It, it, you can see me. And, uh, and then you can hear me on Dragon Talks. Yes, so, yeah. which is, of course, the official podcast
1: of Dungeons & Dragons.
0: It is. It is. They have. Uh, they were telling me 50,000 listeners. That's amazing. That's, um, that's almost as many as we have. Maybe in an alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 50,000 more than we have. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's go uh, check out. The, Matthew you, Gravelin. That's right. Matthew Cra- Gravelin. Yep. All right. Let's see what Matthew has to say. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, folks. Blue Samurai here, and we are... um we have our segment. I don't know if we're going to put Behind the DMs Guild. I don't know. We'll figure out what sure, music we'll, we'll do. That. But it's kind of DM-like. But we're going to other other aspects because we're uh, interviewing a local uh, game designer, developer. But anyway, I'm here with... I'm Steve. I'm still Paul.
1: And we have the honor of sitting with Matthew Gravelin. He's an RPG author. He's a podcaster of the Hard mm-hmm. Move podcast. Um, he also writes his own music. He's a virtual renaissance man.
0: Matthew, we have interviewed a lot of people on this podcast um, and what we we love doing is interviewing people that have developed their own games because Paul and I are incapable of doing anything like that. <laughs> we talk uh, about it a lot. We talk about it a lot. We dream about it. <laughs> yeah. Steve, I think maybe you have. You've probably come with some homebrew stuff yourself for uh, for D&D, but yeah, yeah we, we're actually talking to someone who's actually done it and wrote it down. Um, so mm-hmm. what have you done so far?
2: I have, I've done a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually went back and looked at my DMs Guild career, which is when I started actually like publishing it. And it's been about two years. I've Mm -hmm. done adventures. I've done character options. Recently, I've been doing, um, it's guides for people to create their own homebrew content. That is so cool. So I know I'm just, I'm taking it meta, like more and more meta. Um, I'm also recently been working on my own uh, role playing game. I'm working on a solo wilderness survival role playing game. which wow. Solo RPG was a thing yeah. I just found out about a few months mm-hmm. ago, and I'm like, that's I no idea.
3: That's super weird. Do you drink <laughs> your own pee? You, you hey man, Excellent.
2: that's the great part about role playing <laughs> games. You game can do whatever where you feel I can like. Drink my own pee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah. And previous to that, I had been trying to design board games um, actually with another local group called Playtest Northwest.
0: We're very familiar with them. Yep. We've yeah. interviewed them. Um, yeah.
2: yeah. Amazing group of people. And um, I would always come up with these designs and people would say, yes, you you have created a functional working set of rules, but nobody enjoys it. Like it's always just right. good and not great. And so I took a step back and I said, well, what do I really want to do? And I used to do a lot of writing, you know, uh, fictional creative writing, mm-hmm. you know, back in college. And I said, well, I like games. I like writing. Let me try writing games, and this one kind of stuck. So I, I cool. think
0: I think with when it comes to RPGs, you got to be a really good storyteller. Um, yeah. I think on the board game side, you got to be you have to be good at math. I think that's <laughs> I think that's a problem. I think, and since I'm bad at math and writing, <laughs> it's probably why I can't do either of those things. So um, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So DM's Guild, so you got into it, and we Mm -hmm. reviewed some of your stuff here, and I think each of us did. Uh So I I just want to go into, uh, is this the first campaign you did, Voyage of the Rosemary?
2: Um, Yeah, I think that was actually the first thing. um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't the first thing I wrote, but it was the first thing I put on DM's Guild. It's a level one, uh, or a first level adventure for Mm D&D, and the prospect here was um, sometimes dms have players who want to go off the rails and especially if you're a first time dm that can be rough that can be really trying for that so i wanted to write Mm -hmm. this um adventure module actually with the dm more in mind than the players so you're on a ship the ship is in the literal middle of the ocean and it is on its way to a new place which a, gives mm-hmm. players a lot of great opportunity for why they left and why they're on this ship. Did they stow away? Did they pay? Mm-hmm. Did, were they exiled? What have you? So lots of opportunities. And there's really nowhere for the players to go other than be on this ship.
0: Right. I, I really like this. It's uh, it's one of those kind of one-shot things that you can do, yeah. or um, apparently you, you've got a whole series of these and you just go on. I put part
2: one on there, well, and well, I always well. intended to, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Part great. two's
0: coming, though, right? Yeah,
2: well.
4: well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's okay. here's the great thing
2: about it. That right. the the port that mm-hmm. this boat is going to mm-hmm. can be anywhere. So, you know, attach sure. it to heck, it could be going to Barovia for all I know. Like right. it, just attach it to whatever you want. So, you know, second level characters just mm-hmm. get off the boat and go do whatever they want. Well
0: I really do like it. in fact you brought it up is it it keeps it linear in a sense where mm-hmm. it doesn't make the players think they're playing a linear-type campaign. Yeah. So I really like that. And it is... <laughs> exactly. It's, so I, I did so my she, own campaign. Yeah, Steve, These Steve guys did. That. So what <laughs> I had to do is I had to put in, like, certain techniques to put people back on track, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was hard to do. But There's only you, one and, and It, gets it goes, under, it goes you, east. You, you just made it really <laughs> easy because you said, hey, you're on a ship. It's all, <laughs> all <laughs> There's water. There's only nowhere yes. else you can it's go. It's water
2: for miles. And, mm-hmm. and I really
0: like the fact, now, you... You set this up um, really well, I think, and kind of you Thank left a you left a lot of a room for the players to bring in whatever background mm-hmm. story that they they have in here. Um, why why did you did you purposely pick a ship because you wanted to keep it um, something easy for the DM and the players, or was it part of a grander campaign that you were thinking? Because mm-hmm. I know you just had part one. Yeah. Was it something? Yeah. Better, maybe? So
2: I I. This is based off of a game that I actually ran with players and then I Mm -hmm. created, I wrote it into this. So yeah, they went here and then there was like another trading post city inside and then I did a Halloween um, spooky manor Mm -hmm. version of the campaign after the fact. And then there, I had written that, you know, there is a dispute, like a land grab dispute between two kingdoms in the South. And there's also this kind of natural disturbance of, you know, these nature spirits. So I had a lot of stuff. But it was, it was all centered around this, you know, Destiny mm-hmm. Abroad series was this new land, new opportunity, and it was more or less untouched. There wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, entire tribes of people here and huge civilizations. Were you,
0: were you thinking Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, or you didn't really yeah, care which it, one? Yeah,
2: it, it was definitely Forgotten Realms okay. uh, in, in concept. It was still supposed to be that kind of, you know... It was still supposed to be fantasy. I was kind of taking it more of a low fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, this was supposed to be less of this, like, weird, mystical Feywild Mm -hmm. type of area, and more of just, like, hey, we don't really know what's here. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot more exploration and stuff.
0: Well, I know Steve here ran us through a campaign, and we were briefly on a boat. I think of (laughs) a flying ship with kobolds on it, right? Part of the Storm King's Thunder, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did uh, Mm -hmm. you—I mean, you felt that we we weren't going to really move away from that, right? It was pretty hard Uh to do.
3: (laughs) i really try hard to let mm-hmm. you guys do whatever you want um and you know if you give players rope to hang themselves with they will and it's often <laughs> hilarious yes uh but it's always when you're when you're a dm you're you're fighting that i want you to do this or be, do this type of thing and that da, 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 mm-hmm. da. and players always have their own mind uh- um
0: yeah, and I, I do like the fact that in here you have there was a decision point, and mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know spoiling it or not <laughs> spoiling it, but because uh, it deals with kind of mutiny or whatever, is choosing which side you're on, mm-hmm. and that you kind of lay out what's gonna happen depending on what choice you make. Cool. Um, yeah. And so I, I kind of well, like that. When
3: when I was reading through it, really, the thing that really struck me about this was you know when I was like, what I want to do, this? the thing I liked was that it you know, a lot of times you'll have a especially in a one shot type of thing, you're really there along for the ride. It's like this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. And you kinda did set it out where this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. Then you had the nice set of if the players choose to do this, this is what happens. If they choose to do this, this is what so there's still mm-hmm. that player agency Involved. I mean, the same basic set of events is going to happen, but how it plays out really is up to the players. And I like seeing that in things because my players will go all over the place. Yeah, and again. And and they should to a certain extent. That's what the game's all about. It's not just like, get back over here. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to do this. It's like, well, this is all going to go on. And and whether it's great or horrible or you're good guys or bad guys, is really up to you yeah and you can let them do that and
2: i and i i put some notes in there about how this can be a more wide sweeping thing also yeah you get this big decision point here but if you go one way then mm-hmm. next adventure when you need to use a boat that just yeah. dis- like you're going to have to make decisions yeah. based on your past consequences so yeah, it was supposed mm-hmm. to also kind of contextualize what it felt like when you got to the new port and how you were received by yeah. the people
0: there. Okay. And before we go on to the other thing that Paul has done all the research on, I just, <laughs> um, just for the people out there, remember this is The Voyage of the Rosemary. You can get this on the DM's Guild. And I highly recommend it. If you're a first-time DM, this is a great, great campaign that you can start yourself on to figure out you know how do I do this DM stuff? You know it's kind of it can be kind of scary, and I think oh, this sure. it's good to do kind of an adventure like this rather than kind of diving into it like a Storm King's Thunder or oh yeah um, any of those uh, any of those other campaigns mm-hmm. that might be intimidating. So yeah. this is a good start. And Paul, you've got uh, something that you did. In fact, uh, Matthew, why don't you talk about a little bit about this next thing and yeah, when so it came up?
2: I I switched to making a lot more character options just because I felt like that was the most fun Mm
1: -hmm. part
2: of this was was creating a character and making it your own and making it unique.
1: I love making characters.
2: Who doesn't? I mean, even if you don't play them. Yeah. So Undead Races um, came from this... I heard people talking about losing their character because they died, and sometimes that happens. Uh So Undead Races is four races that replace or augment your existing character's race after they would normally die in the game. Um, so this is just a way for you to bring that character back, but in a different context. Uh-huh. Um, so in here I have vampire, um, which is relatively straightforward. I have ghosts, which, again, you you are a ghost. You are intangible. You mm-hmm. lose your all manner or all agency of physical control over okay. the world. Um, I have bound spirit, which is um, 100% based on... Full meta alchemist, Uh, it's just a a soul in a suit of armor. It could be, you know, any construct, basically. Um, And then the... um, Wow, oh my god, I'm blanking on the fourth one. And then the soulless, (laughs) which is basically your body is animated. Okay. But, you know, if you're a paladin or cleric, you would believe they have lost their soul. Okay. It isn't an inherently religious Mm -hmm. thing. You could have just lost your spirit or your... Life force, or whatever, however you want to play it in the game, but you're more of a husk. You don't have okay. the same emotions or empathy or human, you know, humanoid connection anymore. You again, you become this different type of character.
1: And there's a, like different stat adjustments for each mm-hmm. kind of character, which is really cool. Yep. Like I, I like uh, and then Storm King Thunder towards the end I was kind of trying to die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, like, I thought you were just being a I, crappy player. God, but Nick anyway, was trying, okay. to die. <laughs> was I trying He to was die? the most successful at trying
1: to die. <laughs> 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 like, what's going to happen if I die? Oh, we'll see. Well, I, I didn't quite make it, but um, so this is really cool. Like I'd love to um sometime die in a campaign and then bring that person
3: back. i remember that.
1: Yeah, that might
0: happen. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where you can extend the, the life of your character by being undead, yeah. uh, yep. in a way. <laughs> yep. uh, for example, I mean, uh, the 5th edition has the death lock and there, are the uh, revenant, uh-huh. that you could potentially maybe go into those things, but they're, they're, they don't really tell you how to do that in the mm-hmm. rules, but this thing kind of lays it out um, in a way where you can do that. So are you thinking about this like okay after the character's dead, or hey I'm gonna roll up an undead character, or you can do either or. Either right? e-
2: yeah, either or. You could totally start there. Um, mm-hmm. The intention when I wrote it was to have that turning point, and that turning point could just be whenever you happen to die in campaign, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just you're playing your character very aggressively, or you could plan it that way because you want to switch to playing a vampire character, or you want to see what it's like to play a ghost in a game that maybe only one or two of the player other player characters can see and mm-hmm. literally nobody else can see or only paladins and clerics can see them and no one else can or whatever. You know, you can you could plan it. You could just say, "Oh, my character died and now mm-hmm. he's this." And and you could really do it any way you want. Yeah, there's no there's no hard and fast rules in here that say you have to do X, Y, and Z to become an undead race. Mm-hmm. They're they are here for you to do what you want with. And
0: that's uh so this campaign that we just talked about mm-hmm. and, and that undead races, those are kind of the first things you put into DM's guild? So
2: this, uh, the campaign was the first one. Mm-hmm. The second one was my bear
0: class. Okay, okay. that's right. Um, I think that's the other one we got right
2: now. Which um, 100% credit of the mm-hmm. idea goes to my good friend Bobby, who came to me and said, I want to do something wild. I'd like to play a bear.
0: And okay.
2: after some some hesitance, I said, "All right, but you're playing a real bear, not a magic bear, not a werebear. bear, not <laughs> one
0: that rides a motorcycle." Not you like. are playing well, we're inclusive, literal, good, so. literal yes. okay.
2: actual bear. Okay. And so I I created this really hacked up homebrew class that was basically just a mix of the fighter and the barbarian classes, and like a splash of a couple druid or ranger type things in there. Okay. And we played it, and it worked. I mean, he never even got past, like, level four or anything, so it didn't matter. But mm-hmm. after I got done and I was started working on some of these things, I said, oh, you know what? I should write that up. And writing that up turned into me writing mm-hmm. two races with two sub-races each, two classes, and three backgrounds. Cool. And that is now a fourteen-page book wow. that is available. So on was TM's your skill. friend
3: the escape circus bear, or so? Yeah, the I mean
2: he, he was he wanted to be. Um, oh yeah, that's after we did the Rosemary. There was a circus and mm. there was a bear, and his character died. And I said, "Oh, Bobby's the bear now." and everyone was just like I don't know what that to do with those yeah. words that those aren't words that mean anything to us and I said he's playing they the bear
0: will now. soon uh, yeah. so, so I want to go a little bit into and I think it would be interesting to some of the listeners mm-hmm. in there is the DM's guild itself so yeah. um, you've done uh, other things as well and you've mm-hmm. learned probably from what you've done mm-hmm. so far so, can you tell us a little bit about the DM's Guild and how how does one access it uh-huh. and, and how what's the process?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, if you're familiar with Drive Through RPG, it's basic. No. So, Drive Through <laughs> RPG is basically just the standard RPG. Mm-hmm. I want to sell digital or or even print-on-demand copies. Okay. My understanding is that Wizards made a deal to create their own version of it called DM's Guild. It is strictly for D and D. Okay. It focuses primarily on fifth edition, although they do have old, you know, older versions in there.
4: Okay.
2: And there is, there's like three tiers, as far as I'm aware. There's there's content in there that is from Wizards. Okay. They sell digital content through this store.
0: Ah, like the Tortle package. Exactly, that. exactly, okay. exactly mm-hmm. like
2: that. There is, um, I can't remember the name of it, but they have this like approved content creators that they kind of like anoint them and say you right. are. There's, you know, our top tier content creators. Right. And
0: they get that from the DMs Guild. They kind of mm-hmm. look at your stuff, probably looked at your stuff, and then they went, Maybe. I have all these hundreds of people. We're going to elevate these three or yeah. four for now, and then we're going to move on yeah. to the next and, one. Yeah. Right? And they have a,
2: there's a, there's a name for that program, and there's information right. about how to work towards being that. But as far as mm-hmm. I'm aware, it's not like an application process. You, okay. they, they find
3: you. Yeah. Well, I think there's something like you have to sell X amount yeah. of They're, paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, downloads and whatnot. Yeah. So help Matthew out. <laughs> 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 um,
2: and then, but here's the great thing: anybody can sign up for DM's Guild okay. and sign up for a quote publisher account mm-hmm. and just put stuff up there. So you can just open up Word, type a bunch of stuff, and put it up there, and that's fine.
0: That easy? It's, I mean, you, are you literally sure there's could. Nothing else you got to follow or guidelines? The or? guidelines.
2: So there's uh, there's a D and D. Fifth Edition SRD, which tells you what content from D&D you're allowed to put in your game, and this includes mm-hmm. basically all the base classes, the base races, mm-hmm. almost all the spells, a lot of the monsters are in there. So you can put a beholder in your content and sell it and make money because it's part of the agreement with DMs Guild. Okay. okay.
0: What Not, can't you do? I guess what what's so can you there give you a support there example? is
2: there is some content that's off limits. Okay. So Forgotten Realms is good.
0: So you can do anything about Forgotten World,
2: That's is. And I believe they're, they're, because they just released Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, right. that will be coming to okay. DM's guild. Got it. Okay. But right now we're not supposed to write about it. We're not supposed oh. to write about Greyhawk or, you know, whatever. Got it. Okay. So there is that. Anything that's not in the SRD, we're not supposed to. So if there's a monster that's not in the SRD or, you know, uh, classes that came out of Xanathar's. When you say techni- SRD,
0: what does that mean to the listener? Up there? It's...
2: It's basically a, a legal document, but it just mm-hmm. looks like a black and white copy of like a player's handbook. It okay. has almost all I the same words. it's word.
3: like the system reference document. Yeah, there's a... There's, it's which a, is the, your basic, mm-hmm. here's the the legally open portions yes. of D&D. You okay. so yes. you
0: can't do... You said something about Xanathar's Guide, so you couldn't do anything in Xanathar's any Xanathar's is good.
2: not technically part of the SRD. Oh, so if okay. I were to write up my content and copy content from Xanathar's to put in there, that's mm-hmm. not good. But I could basically copy Mm -hmm. whole hog the barbarian class because it's in the SRD and put it in my book. Now they're not they there probably Mm -hmm. is a manual review process where they're just saying, you're just selling a reskinned barbarian class that's not kosher. But Mm -hmm. if I wanted to call out, so we can talk about my other homebrew guides in a minute. But I've pulled little pieces of like the paladin class into my paladin guide. I didn't copy verbatim the entire paladin class into my mm-hmm. guide but I'm allowed to reference it because it's part of the SRD. Okay. So okay. that's the deal. Your side of the deal is that if you sell anything on DM's mm-hmm. Guild, 50% of that goes to Wizards. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's when you want to talk about publishing rights, mm-hmm. it's not a great deal, sure, but sure. they provide this infrastructure. They create this website, they do the processing of the payments, and if for every dollar I sell I get 50 mm-hmm. cents.
0: Well, I mean, it also it's it's a chance for someone that to get in on something, right? Yep. I mean, to say I publish something mm-hmm. and, and maybe make some money. I mean, you. Yep. You're not gonna get rich off of it. But, no. You know. But, no, but not maybe, me. Not me. Maybe you get some beer money. But,
2: but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm making beer money for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But there are people that put out really good books mm-hmm. with great art, great layout. You know, they have a team of six people working on it. Um, one of there's only been one. Real project in The Ems Guild that was a collaboration is called Hags Hexes. Mm-hmm. And that was a series of, I want to say, four writers. And I edited. And then there was the guy who kind of like put it all together. Right. And then there was an artist slash map maker, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was like six or seven people went into making Hags Hexes. And that was a much larger book that had like three campaigns mm-hmm. and all of these new hags and spells and covens and it was just a whole new kind of holistic guide for putting hags into your game and really bolstering them.
0: So just a step by step. So let's say yeah. I'm, I'll give you a for example. So me, huh? I wrote something. Yes. Um, campaigns about 40 50 pages. It's a lot. It's a lot. So for somebody out there who's just going in, I mm-hmm. just wrote their homebrew, what what's the first step? To do after you just wrote all this, yeah, stuff, which is the hardest part. Here's
2: um, here's the first your, step. Have your
0: buddies edit it, right? You have
2: so many people edit it. Mm-hmm. You have so many people look at it. Mm-hmm. You ask a lot of people to look at it because, like, maybe 10% of them are actually gonna look at it.
0: Yeah. That's my experience yeah. when I ask people to, to yeah. play test and mm-hmm. edit,
2: you know, proofread documents. Is everybody has best of intentions,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but not everybody has as much free time. So for every 10 people I ask to to proofread a document, maybe like one or two actually come through. Mm -hmm. So I ask a ton of people. And this actually goes hand in hand hand with a concept that board games and role playing game designers struggle Mm -hmm. with a lot. And people coming in new are very close to the chest. Mm -hmm. They don't want to share their content. You can't.
0: Right. Right.
2: You're going to put out a bad thing if nobody ever looks at it. So I'm telling you that right now. Be right. okay with sharing it.
0: <laughs> so after you edit it, what's the? So what next
2: step would be, um, do you know what you need to format it? There are templates mm-hmm. on DMs Guild that you can get. Um, there's a great um, free like web app called the Home Brewery, oh, okay. and it basically allows you to like type in one panel, and then on the other side it shows you it formats it like. It would look as if it was in the player's handbook.
0: Okay, I'm writing that down.
2: So, um, you could just listen
1: to the podcast later. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> um, So, mine, I have a Word document that has all the headers and formatting mm-hmm. and columns and saved. And honestly, you can try I tried to make it look as much like a player's handbook as I could. As long as it's readable and well formatted, mm-hmm. you're good. And you're probably gonna have to put some art in it. So, either right. you need to draw art. You need to find a friend to draw some art. Uh-oh. <laughs> My right. art, um, I get art it's on... It's really nice, yeah. I get art on DMs Guild and Drive-Thru RPG, and there are options for content creator, stock art. And then oh. I search for whatever I'm looking for. And Very I cool. find the art and I put it in there. That is an investment, and individual pieces of art could be anywhere from 2 to $10, depending right. on who made it, how well, how, how good it is, how big it is. Um, I normally pay about ten bucks for like a cover image if I get some stock art for that. Those little ones, all like two to three dollar range, mm-hmm. four to five pieces per. Pay, you know, I'm paying like twenty bucks for stock art on sure. on a on a book. You have but to do that.
0: Otherwise, you're not going to get pro- because you no need to stand out. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: let me let me take us back. Do uh-huh. you need to do that? No. Do you want sales? You should put some stuff in there. Right. Yeah. Right. The other thing that you then decide is if you want to sell it for a fixed price or if you want to put it up for free or if you want to put it up for pay what you want. So pay what you want is an interesting concept where anybody can download it for free, but they can also put in a dollar amount to give you. And my most recent books and my most lucrative books are pay what you want. Okay. That being said, I have some other pay what you want books that – Maybe like one percent of the time make twenty five cents. Okay. So you run that risk. Some mm-hmm. of my books, um, I believe, Undead Races, Bears, and mm-hmm. Voyage of the Rosemary, are fixed pay, and I think they're like two or th- like one to three dollars. Mm-hmm. And then my new guides are pay what you want, and again, whatever they end up putting in, you take fifty percent of.
0: So what do you recommend to the people out there? Pay as you. Pay what you want or do a fixed price?
2: Honestly, if you're going to put all that work into it, then you do a fixed price. Okay. If you want to just take your 40 pages, put a cool font on it, put a cover image on it,
4: mm-hmm. shoot it
2: up there, pay what you want. I mean, it's it's about how much effort you're going to put into it. You know, my my biggest thing is that mm-hmm. it, this, this isn't a job, but it's still work. You need to value your own work and your own time. Yeah. So what do you, if you want to get something out of it, Right. Make sure you set up that structure. If you're putting it up just to share, you could just set it free. You can't pay me for this. Well, I've
0: it. I, I play D and D with, Steve's the DM. He's really good at drawing some of the, some of the maps. So mm-hmm. maybe if I pay you about twenty bucks, um, <laughs> maybe you can do the. Yeah, own for buy
2: me some beer. I'll draw you maps some maps. Maps is another right. one. I don't mm-hmm. include any maps in mine, mm-hmm. and that was actually some of the reviews I got on, mm-hmm. um, the Voyage of the Rosemary. Is I didn't put any maps in there, even for the boat. People wanted this, like, really grid-based map for the boat. I, as a DM, don't like maps. I like theater of the mind. I don't care what your movement speed is. I don't care if they're Mm -hmm. four feet or five feet away from you. That's not not the interesting part of role-playing games Mm -hmm. to me. So I often overlook that. But keep in mind, you know, your average Mm -hmm. D&D consumer likes rules. Likes maps, likes minis. Right. So again, yeah, if you aren't comfortable making maps and you know somebody who is, great. You can lump them in. And there's really the back end system, again, for DMs Guild. You're paying 50%. Right. You're getting this system as part of that 50%. There's ways you could both set up an account and you can take 75% you give him 25%. So if you don't have 20 mm-hmm. bucks to give him up front, you could offer him a royalty. All right. So that's how I get paid on Hags Hexes. I My just people call yeah, you people, Steve. Yeah. yeah, we'll strike a deal. I'll be the right. like, middleman. I was gonna say good. I'll facilitate yeah. the deal and just <laughs> take right. eight, eight percent. Um, but that's how we did Hags Hexes. Is there's a lot of people working on it, mm-hmm. and it would have been a nightmare to try and do all that paperwork through mm-hmm. PayPal or whatever after the fact. So they just set up a scale. Cool. We all have yeah. a DMs Guild account. We all get our cut in real time, and then the one kind of downside to the whole mm-hmm. payment system. Um, DMs Guild holds your money for 60 days. So if you make right. money on a day, you cannot get that money until 60 days. So has it,
0: yeah. does it a PayPal thing? Or how and then do you, it PayPals
2: you, yep. And it's like ah, a 25 cent okay. charge okay. or something to get your mm-hmm. money in PayPal. But it's like instant. Like once you press okay. the button, five minutes later you have your money through PayPal. Cool. But you All just... Right. Again, be comfortable with that 60-day wait period mm-hmm. because it sucks. <laughs>
4: but, <laughs> but
2: other than that, yeah, this is just a really cool way for people who, you know, want to dabble in this world, mm-hmm. you know, little up from homebrew at their own table and they want to start sharing stuff. Right. Um, there are other communities. Reddit has a great, you know, homebrew community mm-hmm. that you can go check out. Like if you just want to share stuff and learn stuff, great, go, go do that. If you want to take it up a little bit, start producing the content mm-hmm. and start trying to sell it. DMs Guild, there's no over You can do it for free. Like, you can just start doing it, you know. And cool. D- Wizards only takes money when you make money. So All
0: right. I'm up blowing tonight. <laughs> I don't need to have this edited. <laughs> no.
1: So, um, I listened to enough of I don't know anything about Powered by the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But I listened to enough of your podcast to be fascinated. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that? The the Hard hard Mm Move podcast, you talk about RPGs um, Mm -hmm. that run, powered by the Apocalypse RPG system.
2: Yes. So... I got turned on to Powered by the Apocalypse games um, a couple years ago. Uh, A former coworker of mine, she told me about this podcast called Friends at the Table. And at the time they were playing Dungeon World, Uh which is the D&D analog in the Powered by the Apocalypse world. And before, don't at me, Mm -hmm. there are other fantasy ones, but that was my intro to PBTA games. So there was a game, you know, years ago called Apocalypse World. Uh And it, brought out this 2D6 system, and it brought out these tiers of success and failure with complications, you know. And basically, what it means to be a Powered by the Apocalypse system is to utilize some of those core mechanics out of Apocalypse World. Um, And the creator of Apocalypse World said, you can't have my system, or you can't have my book, my setting, but these rules are fine. You can use them. And if you want to call your game Powered by the Apocalypse, Here's a logo, and we'll kind of curate this list of games that self-identify it. Okay. So the big thing is 2d6, and there's a sliding scale. So you roll 2d6 plus a stat. Six or lower is a failure. Seven to nine is a mixed success with complication. Uh, seven or sorry, a 10 plus is a success. 12 plus is an epic success. With you know, it depends on the game you're playing. Okay. So that's a big one. And then it it the the fiction comes first, not the role. So in D&D, you might do a role, see what it does, and then tell a story. Uh-huh. In PBTA games, you are encouraged to say, you don't say, I'm attacking him with my sword. You say, I raise my sword on high and bring it down in a slashing motion in an attempt to cleave his sword arm off. Okay. And then the DM goes, sounds like you're trying to kick some ass, and then you roll the kick some ass move.
1: Okay. So, those... That's a move. Kick some Mm -hmm. ass. Mm
2: -hmm. Kick some ass Mm -hmm. is a move in a game called Monster of the Week. Okay. PBTA, one of my favorites. Um, And... They all have different moves, but yeah, some is kick some ass, some is, some they just call attack. A lot okay. of the moves are thematic. So, Powered by the Apocalypse is this really big world of games that can be super light or super big, and they utilize that system. And then there's even some offshoots of that. So, PBTA inspired a game called Blades in the Dark, and now there's a Forged in the Dark system Okay, that's tangentially related. <laughs> okay. So, the hard move is really just me exploring... So all of those things. And the difference for me is DD has a lot of stuff. Uh, it's all DD. Yeah. When I go to a mm. new PBTA game, it's a new game. It's a new setting. Okay. I can play Monster Hunters. I can play, you know, urban high fantasy. I can play, you know, magical girls fighting space monsters. Okay. Like there's literally no end to PBTA games. Cool. And I'm just in love with the rules like nature. It's all theater of the mind mostly. It's all fiction first. It's cooperative storytelling. Awesome. It, you know, you're not worried about the crunch of the rules. Okay. Which, no disrespect. Yeah. It's just not yeah. like what drives me yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to that point, that crunch of D&D makes it easier to write for. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I write for D&D. I play PBTA.
0: Cool. Very cool. And how do we that access – where is your uh, podcast mm-hmm. available? Yeah. So
2: it's hosted on a, a relatively new service called Anchor FM. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to – I just bought a redirect URL, so you can go to thehardmove.com, and it will redirect you. Right. It is available on iTunes, on Google, on Spotify, on Stitcher. So Overcast, if you have that app, that's my preferred app. Search for The Hard Move. Okay. You can find it. Otherwise, you can go to anchor.fm slash thehardmove and listen to it right in the browser.
0: And you get the Facebooks or... Twitter, anything? I have
2: Twitter at the Hard Move.
0: Okay. Um,
2: and then I started up a Patreon. Uh, do not feel inclined to check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. It's. I'm not at the point where I feel confident asking people to give me money for this project yet. I really no. just wanted to get feedback on.
0: Yeah, asking people for money can be really hard. It is. So <laughs> it's it's up, it
2: it. The, there is a Patreon exists technically because I'm just looking for feedback on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay. But honestly, yeah, just check it out. Every week uh, on Wednesdays, I have a new guest on. They. Pick cool. a move from any PBTA system they want to talk about. Cool. Oh, okay. um, last, uh, at the time of this recording, last mm-hmm. Wednesday was um, a move from a game called Scum and Villainy, which is basically a space opera heist type of oh, game. Yes. And we covered a move called a Tune, which is basically using your mental, you know, attenuation <laughs> to tap into the forces. The forces,
4: okay.
2: not the not the singular, yeah. the yeah. forces yeah. Yes. of the universe to do cool <laughs> mm-hmm. things with your mind, and we just spent forty five minutes talking about that one move, and I love unpacking. I, I like those how things. you're on
0: the very er, the very edge of like getting into trademark territory. That's very nice. I, I didn't write the game, so that's I'm not. Right. Yeah, no lawyers well, yeah, like no like like coming. No lawyers coming after that's me. Right. So. That's
2: right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hard mm-hmm. Move's been going about eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. Cool. I actually just recorded four episodes in the last eight days. Wow. Nice. I have a lot of editing to do, but I'm trying to get all that out of the way so I can take the rest of the season off to you know kinda of hang out with my family.
0: Well so Matthew, what what else are you doing? Now what's the future hold for you? What what things do you got going on? Yeah,
2: so uh, on DM's Guild mm-hmm. I'm working on a series of guides for okay. Basically, you buy my guide, or you mm-hmm. download their pay-what-you-want, you download my guide, and it is a guide to help you create your own subclass. Okay. I have a paladin, a barbarian, and a warlock guide out right now, and I'm working on monk. Monk mm-hmm. is very difficult to write a standardized guide. Mm-hmm. They're really all over the place. My hope is that in the next you know few months I get all 12 classes done, and that's been really interesting to kind of – really analyze not create net new um so that's what's in store on dm's guild i am working with the deck of many on a project called humblewood which is a new ip that we're working for which is a 5e compatible module uh it is currently available for public playtest at humblewood.net so you can get the the kind of slimmed down pdf version uh humblewood focuses on a magical forest full of anthropomorphic bird people cool And I'm working on a solo RPG
0: about wilderness survival. I didn't know solo
2: RPGs were a thing until a couple months ago, and now I'm
0: extremely interested in them. Just watch Naked and Afraid.
2: It's exactly (laughs) Naked and Afraid. 100%. (laughs) Okay.
0: It's Naked and Afraid. Is that what you got inspired by? Yeah, my wife and I. (laughs) I love it.
2: Most of Naked and Afraid and Dual Survival is on Hulu, and we binge. I love watching that. We binge the heck out of it. So um, that's something that I'm hoping to get onto Kickstarter in the coming
0: months. Have you noticed it's the bugs that get you? It's it always is. the bugs. It's always the bugs. Yeah. yeah. But that never plays in D&D, though. Maybe I should, I should, Don't we should give add anybody that. Oh, that's right. Ideas. Never mind. Bugs Swarms, man. No Swarms. Spiders. No spider golems. So what about the part two of Destiny Abroad? What's going on with Captain Percival? I want to know what's going on with Captain Percival. Yeah, Personal. so... I, I, did, I did write this adventure,
2: mm-hmm. and then I started writing the character options, mm-hmm. and the character options became a lot more interesting for me. Um, mm-hmm. Again, writing – if you pick up adventure modules and those books that Wizards puts out, there's a lot of pages in that book that you never utilize. Yeah. And that kind of became a little tiresome as a writer to, to put that mental mm-hmm. energy – into creating a product that I knew each individual person was maybe going to glean like twenty five percent of, yeah. whereas when I make the character options, you know, you either use it or you don't use it. But I kind of created this more small ca- encapsulated piece of content. Um, right. Writing adventures is hard, like you said. You have forty to fifty pages. It was
0: horrible. It's it was not. Hard. It's not a small <laughs> yeah, thing to do. The players are oh, the worst, by the terrible. way. But yeah.
4: Play, was, yeah.
2: And so, so I don't know. It's it's there. It's it's an option. Mm-hmm. I, I reserve the right to go back and do it someday. But um, yeah, right now the big thing is the the character, the subclass guides. I'm having a lot of fun okay. deconstructing D and D subclasses.
0: Well, it kind of goes down the whole the whole thing about D and D, and is like I love making the characters. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characters are making characters are fun. I could just write I, characters all day. Just
3: like kill them. Yeah, that
0: seemed like that's true. It's a player player versus DM mentality there. So Matthew, we're gonna find you maybe at a future convention perhaps. We'll see you there. Yeah. Maybe at Orcacon, perhaps.
2: Um Orcacon's a definite a definite Ooh, maybe. Definite okay. maybe. Um I'm
0: I'm a board member. I don't know if Board member too. I, yeah. n- <laughs> I knew about that. I knew about that. Um,
2: I went to the inaugural Orcacon. Ooh. I was unable to go to subsequent ones just for timing.
0: Understood. Um,
2: I'd like to go to the, the upcoming one. Mm-hmm. I'm potentially gonna be at PAX East. Oh
0: wow with
2: wow. the deck of many folks to do Humblewood stuff. Okay. We don't There's a lot up in the air right now. And I almost always go to Gen Con... Um, I actually uh, have friends that do...
0: I've been to Gen Con, too. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: have some friends that work at Floodgate Games, and mm-hmm. I've been working their booth for the past couple years. So okay. I don't go for myself. I don't go for sure. publicizing role-playing game content. I go to hang out with my Floodgate well, Games Well, I'm going to try
0: to go there again. So ho- I was a little busy this year trying mm-hmm. to hold on to my own job. So yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> maybe I can see you. Maybe we'll go out for a couple beers and, yeah, and I, I talk about... Actually, let's brainstorm for the next adventure uh, for part two of this. <laughs> Destiny abroad. I got some ideas, I like to th- throw your way. Yeah, slash Hobbs. I'll, you know
2: what? I'll give you 75% to write it. All right. I'll take 25% awesome.
0: for the IP. I love it I love it. I love it. So, is there anything else? You guys got any questions or anything like that?
1: I think yeah. this has been great. Yeah, I think
2: we're
0: good. It has been great. I, I think this is gonna be wonderful because there's gonna be a lot of people out there like, how do I get my stuff published? Yeah. And you actually did it, and you were brave enough to do it. So yeah,
2: bravery actually is a big one. You just got to do it and someone's going to write you a bad review and it still bothers me. I've been doing it for two years. It Mm -hmm. still bothers me, but it has to bother you or you're not trying to make you good know, content. I picture my I own
0: friends just writing horrible reviews Definitely. over and over Definitely. again.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean... One star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, Is there negative
0: stars in here?
2: No. Black holes. You can't go zero. <laughs> Three black holes. <laughs> um, I mean, anybody who's interested can find me on Twitter at @MRMatthew, MrMatthew, Uh I'm happy to answer questions. I mean, I'm not... Mm-hmm. Again, it's not my job. I'm not super popular on DMs Guild. I don't know everything about mm-hmm. it, but I'm happy to chat about it. So. All
0: right, I'm going to send you my stuff. You can edit it. I love it. All right. Well, Well, with that, I think that's all we got. Thanks Thanks for joining us, everyone. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Catch you later. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now for the August 24th through 26th convention at the Bellevue Hilton at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show.
1: Oh, hey, that was <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was great talking to Matthew. That was wonderful, it was fascinating. I, it. Yeah.
1: I, I might write something someday. I keep well, threatening to do it.
0: I am so jealous he actually did it. He put well, just, something you, together. You already wrote something. Just I did. It You're right. I just got to have you guys it review up. it. Yes, that's the thing. That's yeah. what I'm afraid of. That's my biggest fear. Is you guys taking a big old dump on it? Because I think you guys will take a dump on it just because you would find it hilarious. Well, that's to do what
1: it. editors do. <laughs>
0: yeah, job. but I think you do it because it makes you feel good to I, do that.
1: Well, you were really kind of mean about how the number of daggers my character could have.
0: Well, that's you just can't add weapons to a new character. <laughs> yes. that, it's not but you can't do that. You do it. <sighs> no.
1: <laughs> anyway, speaking yes. of D and D beyond yes, let's... definitely check out um that thing you were on that you did with um, Joe. Yes.
0: Take a Dragon Talk. Um the episode should Greg. be coming up. <laughs> yes, Greg Tito and Shelly Mazanova. <laughs> yes. We are on there. Go to the OrcaCon.org website and make sure you get those those badges, definitely. get those passes. Get your room. Yes. At um, the discounted rate. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Don't miss it. Don't miss out. Uh, What's the big things going on? uh, Else that's going on? Um, Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just Orcacon. This is December. Yes. Not much is going on except. Well, there's Christmas. There's that. But there's Orcacon and other holidays. But Orcacon is the most important. Exactly. So um, I think that's it, right? I think so. All right. So with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.